Welcome to Chats with Fats. I am your host, Paul Fatuera. Most people call me Fats. I am a former professional athlete, now international inspirational motivational speaker and director of Internal Strength. Check out my website on www.internalstrength.nz I will be having conversations with amazing people who have valuable life lessons to share with you. Listen up, take some notes and enjoy. Chats with Fats is brought to you by West Point Formwork. West Point Formwork is a construction company that specialises in providing the building sector with false work, steel fixing and concreting services. The team of experienced professionals can work with you to achieve your vision. Check them out on www.westpointformwork.com.au Thank you, Mike, for joining the Chats with Fats show. I really do appreciate your time. You've had an awesome career so far. 25 years within the All Blacks New Zealand Sevens, also the school programs for the kids, under-20s program as well, Canterbury Crusaders. You've had a lot of achievements. Can you please tell me your best achievements so far that you've been able to do? Yeah, sure. Um, Look, highlights, I suppose people often think, is it about winning trophies or whatever, and and I've been lucky in the teams I've been involved with to, to have some success there. But I think probably the most rewarding thing for me is seeing a lot of players, you talked about schools program and so on, coming through, you know, we identify them and they get on our pathway and then probably down the track seeing a number of them, Damien McKenzie, Yardy, players like that, then progress through and pull on an all-black jersey is pretty, pretty exciting and, and I suppose rewarding in a sense you feel you've added a, a little bit of value to, to that along the way. Uh, so that for me is, is probably the most rewarding thing and, and the other parts, the people you work with, you know, like we talk about it all the time, it's a critical part of our game you know, having good people running the programs, coaching the players and the players themselves. So you've been really, uh, oh, that, that's probably the, the, the two key things that stand out to me. Mm. As the strength uh, conditioner for the Crusaders and the All Blacks uh, during your time, it would have been a fantastic environment to be around. The All Blacks, as we spoke about earlier, they have the best percentage winning team of the history of all sports at the highest level. What's it like to be in that sort of environment? Yeah, look, um, when I started with the Crusaders, rugby had just gone professional, so we were learning as we went. Uh, to, to say that we knew what we were doing 100% of the time, I, I'd be lying to you. So it was a bit, a bit of trial and error, and in '96 uh, we came last. And it was really a defining year around, um, you know, we had people thrown in from all over the country, and. Uh, try and build a culture and, and then we had uh, Wayne Smith come in and, and he uh, in a big way contributed to turning that around. Um, yeah, the environments, again coming back to the people, you want people who've got real competitive edge and certainly at the All Blacks and, and Crusaders and, and most of our teams now that's the case, you know, they're really driven to be better, um, they want to be world class and, and continue to learn, so that sort of growth mindset. Um, and, and look, I suppose in the role that I had with in those programs as S&C, um, it was just making sure that you know I helped prepare 
players that the coaches you know, could handle the demands of the game. Mm. Um, when we look at the way we play the game, with both those teams it was high tempo, so we had to be extremely fit. Um, so we worked really hard in that space and I was lucky that I had players who were really motivated um, and, and worked hard and, and knew the importance of you know, the, the uh, S&C side. Mm. So it was, look it was great. Um, the, the other thing is that players, you want players who are willing to ask questions and challenge um, in the appropriate way because so, they will, again want to get better um, and, and we had that so you know extremely lucky to, to be involved with those programs. And you were able to coach some awesome players, Rich McCall, Dan Carter, Sonny Bill, obviously he's a league man so I've got to mention Sonny Bill today. <laughs> There's a few of them, <laughs> few of them <laughs> coming back. Nunu, all these are champion players. It would have been so awesome and I guess it would have been humbling for yourself to see great athletes put in the effort that they had to do each and every day to become yeah. an All Black and to also live by the All Black culture, the, the high values and standards that you have to be to be an All Black. Yeah, definitely. Look, um, the, the first thing I suppose for me and my role was you've got to show people you really care. Uh, you care about them. It's not just a, you turn up to do a job and, and here's the program and away you go. Um, you've got to, by building up trust and then seeing that you genuinely care about them getting better, you know, you're going to get them on board. Um, and that takes time. You can't just rely on results or whatever. And, I, and you talked about environment and culture, and that part's critical. Um, if I reflect back to, you know, the Crusader days, we had players come into that program who were probably underperforming elsewhere or um, had been struggling. And a guy I think about is uh, Ron Cribb, who you know didn't get picked by the Blues, wasn't necessarily excited in the first instance to be coming down to Crusaders, mm. um, but we worked really hard with him, and, and he was a fantastic athlete. And you know he got off the back of that, won a title, became an All Black, uh, and went from there. Norm Berryman, you know, coming down from Northland, slotted into the player. culture, um, still brought who he was, he didn't have to change and, and uh, I'd be lying if I didn't say Normie B wasn't hard work at times in my space, but phenomenal figure, um, wonderful personality and, and added a lot to our mix. So yeah, look, with those guys it's, uh, it's just getting them um, in and around, having an environment that um, you know everyone's driven to success and, and you hope your culture's strong enough that when people come in, uh, you know, they, they retain who they are but they, they get captured in it and really driven and, and uh, by it and I suppose that's the key thing with cultures sometimes we have some challenges around some of the people that come in players uh, they might not have had the, the opportunities others have had but if you really back your environment you can get the best out of them I think that's key that is key and tell me about your upbringing what got you involved in rugby where did your passion come from the game yeah look uh, fair to say my dad was a passionate rugby man he played the game um, really you know loved it so I got hooked on it early started playing early um, really enjoyed my playing days probably knew that I wasn't going to be an all black you all harbour a dream to be one but I, I played it because I, I loved the game I loved being playing with my mates um, and you know I loved as I was growing up, Canterbury was always a team I supported through the early Shield days, went to all their games with Dad. Uh, that stuff was great. Um, 
played up until sort of university uh, and then graduated and went back to Christchurch and played but because I'd started working in rugby uh, it was rugby 24-7 and I needed to get a bit of a balance to that and time away and to be fair I was getting bashed every week by the Crusader boys because they saw it as a great opportunity <laughs> on the weekend because uh, back then they were playing club footy yeah. it was a good opportunity to give the S&C coach a hiding on the weekend so uh, that, I tired of that pretty quickly um, and was lucky enough to stay in the game I love and, and uh, go from there. Good on you and it must bring you great pride now to see the, the Crusaders, the, the culture that they, they have each, and every, each year they're in the mix they are competitive and I, I reckon it's because of the foundations that we've set right at the beginning, which you were, you were a part of. Does, does that bring you great pride to see the work that you inputted into the club and the organisation that they're still able to carry those, those key values, the winning culture each and every, each and every year? Yeah, look, obviously there was um, a bit of talk, things for a while they hadn't won a title and there were some challenges along the way with earthquakes and so on, but they've always been close uh, and now to see them, re you know, regain some, some winning form the last two years uh, with lifting the trophy is, is great and particularly because I know Razor well, I've worked with him as a player, as a coach with 20s. I think the thing that's special about that group and we had a 20 year reunion this year, which was fantastic, catching up with some of the characters of the days gone by, um, was a connection back to the team and, and Razor and the team of now acknowledged that group, which was fantastic. Um, so it was that was really special, going back and spending time. Uh, we had invited to their changing rooms and they spoke and, and stuff, and so that was great. Um, so yeah, I, I think what's really exciting is if you look at a lot of that group from the you know mid '90s. Uh, early 2000s and where they are in rugby now, you know, whether it be coaching or um, management positions or whatever, there's, there's the Matt Sexton's, Angus Gardner's, the coaches, you know, the Toddies, Razor, Aaron Major, Mark Hammett, there's a, yeah, Steve Lancaster's here with us. Um, it, it's pretty exceptional um, and I think that's a measure of the, the people we had in that environment. So, no, look, there's, there is still a always a connection um, because it's been home uh, so it's nice to see them be able to enjoy some success and, and you know the, the, they know the key things that get them there you know the, the importance of good people culture um, you know they play the game in a way that you know they'll have a crack from anywhere um, and, and they enjoy their footy along the way so uh, it's, it's great to see. Nice and who would be you've, you've trained some fine athletes. Who will be at the top of your list? Uh, an athlete who just put in everything and was just a different level from the rest. Can you name somebody? Oh, uh, I'm sure I could guess his name, but I'll leave it to you. Oh, look, there's a few. I, the first one I'd start with, uh, Mark Mayer-Hoffler was pretty exceptional. Uh, so Bubsy was midfield for us, and he was the, the most uh, professional of the players coming out of the amateur era. Um, we used to do training diaries and players were bloody hopeless at filling them in. And at the end of the week, Bubsy used to type his in and give it, you know, email it through. And he was exceptional, um, wonderful player, um, humble man. Uh, so he was one. Richie McCaw from a um, determination driven and being able to just eke everything he had out of uh, his body. Uh, you wouldn't to look at him or see his numbers or whatever, you wouldn't go, wow, this guy's 
you know, in my view, the greatest player of all time. Uh, when you looked at that stuff from an athletic perspective, you wouldn't have said that. He had a massive engine and his, his uh, mental side and mindset around how driven he was was incredible. So him there, and then Brad Thorne, I've got to throw Thorny in there, <laughs> league man. Yes. Um, just, uh, again, really driven, worked hard, did the extras, the unseen things, but um, brought a lot with it. Like he created a real vibe in the gym, that real competitiveness with players, a lot of chat, mm. some of it pretty poor chat. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now look, that, that's some, and I, look, I've been lucky. I've worked with, you know, Sun, you talked about Sonny now, I sort of had a little bit to do with him with the All Blacks. Exceptional. They understand what they need to do to get themselves right week in, week out. They do the little unseen things, they manage themselves well. Um, so yeah, some, we're blessed with freakish athletes in, in this country around and it allows us to play the game we want to play really. We are indeed and we'll, we'll go to uh, Brad Thorne before we get to Richie. Uh, how was uh, Brad's transition into Union? Because you would have coached him right from the beginning, from 1998 no, did he come over to rugby? Now, now you're testing me, I'm not a... I no, because he won the Broncos uh, in 2000, so it might have been... Came across and then he went back. Okay. He's the one man who actually felt, said, oh, I, I don't think I deserve the jersey and went back for a while and then came back into the game, which was a massive call. But oh, look, I think Brad would admit it wasn't as e an easier transition as he initially thought, um, positionally learning the game. I mean, it's a pretty complex game when you look at rugby and so I suppose it's how do we, for him, simplify it and get the best out of him. Um, but look, he adapted and to, to go in and have a career with the All Blacks and um, now going on into coaching, which is great to see. Uh, look, I had, it was easy in my space because he was really driven and I actually, um, where I could, used his experience and knowledge and passion around the lifting and stuff to, to help drive others. So. I think you know Tony Woodcock got longevity in the game, for example, because he he was smart, partnered up with Thorny as his training partner, and and pushed one another, which was great. Because you usually see when you when you see converts come over, it's usually in the backs. You don't really see the the, the forwards making that transition as much as the the backs, and just to see him play at the highest level, mm. the Australian Kangaroos, the All Blacks, the Crusaders, and now at the coach of the, the Queensland team is. It's great to see. Yeah. And I was able to play against Brad Thorne and I heard stories about his work ethic in training was was at the top. Yeah. And I think that's probably one of the main reasons why he had longevity in the game mm -hmm. and was to accomplish all the great things that he did in both codes. The captain, the the best player, I reckon as well, Mr. Richie McCaw. I, I believe you're pretty tight with Richie. He's had a bit of a connection oh. your time together. Yeah, look, I, I'd like to think had a connection with most of those guys spent a, a long time with. Um, again, really easy to work with because he, he knew what he had to do. Um, massive engine, so loved his running. I actually, in his early days, had to try and hold him back, if anything. He used to, uh, we, we used to have recovery out at QE2, and I'd often, on the way there, Bottle Lake Forest was out, and I'd go for a run in the morning before we go to recovery. And sometimes his car would be parked out there and he'd go and do these little extras. So I sort of had to talk to him about managing himself. And uh, But look, he, um, he uh, as I say, was, was, I suppose it was more about managing him, particularly as things went on, because he put himself in such positions and body took a battering. And 
he was massively robust. You know, he had the World Cup where he had that foot injury and, and got himself through. So, yeah, extremely, in terms of his mindset and, and uh, that mental and physical resilience, incredible. Let's talk about his mindset. Oh, did he have any downtime to, to like, chill out? Because, number one, he's captain of the, of the All Blacks. So much pressure from the whole country. But did he did he did he find ways to bring that life balance back in check? Yeah, you noticed. Yeah, look, and again, um, like a lot of the guys, they, they they keep their private lives, and particularly with the exposure, he had you know they have their time away. Um, I know he had a group of friends outside of the rugby circles, which I think is really important. That balance and family uh, for him massively supportive, though often at games and and so on. So, yeah, look. It's a it's a pretty challenging position. Well, it's great, you know, you're All Blacks captain. As you've said, in this country, you don't get away from it too much. Um, and I, look, that time to decompress away from the game is really important. So he had stuff like, you know, his pilot stuff, and you talk about balance, and you, you wonder when he had time to lie down on the sofa and relax. And then he's finished the game now, and he's got going and doing, and, and not just comp, um, p- completing, but competing and really tough um, God's Own and so on, which is the toughest venture races in the world, um, and doing really well at them, which no surprise. Um, so yeah, look, um, he, he knew what he had to do to get that balance right. Um, and then when he, when he was on, he was on, and, and he created a real edge around the group, and, and you know, people wanted to work hard for him and with him, uh, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And how was the, the World Cup experience in 2015? The build-up, the, the pressure, no one had ever won a back-to-back. Mm. The pressure on, yeah. on the team, on the coaching staff. Did you feel it? Um, I, I suppose because my role, or I saw my role pretty, pretty minor with the group then, because uh, I had been in a role where I was um, full-time S&C coach, but because of my background, it was Nick Gill does all the, the work around the conditioning of the team and does a fantastic job. You know, they're in a uh, um, wonderfully conditioned. We saw that in the last two bleds. So sure I, I just, I suppose, was there to support Gilly. In fact, I had some experience and relationships with players, which we talked about before, really helps. Um, so, uh, look, you, you, f- you feel pressure more around, um, you know, you're representing your country and you're there and, and part of it. Um, I don't think the feel was probably as much as an 11 because you know it's been a long time since we've been successful and being at home creates a lot more challenge around that. And 15, um, you know, I think the team, again the coaches, everyone involved did a fantastic job preparing that team as best they could and the other thing is we had a great group on and off the field so there was a ton of leadership um, and experience there. Uh, so no, look, the group went about it in a, a really good way. And you, you look at the results, and you know, hammered France, um, and to a degree Aussie in the in the final. So pretty exceptional uh, in that sense. So look, I suppose it's how you confront pressure. Um, and I wasn't involved in 2007, but I was in 2003 with Mitch and Robbie, and we probably hid away from that a wee bit. And I know, you know, if you see Smithy's. Um, Doco, he talks about it the, the same, that they sort of go game by game and you shelter from it. 
I, I think the, the best way to go at it is you embrace that pressure and, and walk towards it and try and use it to energise you rather than sap you. Mm. And if you can do that, um, and it's easy to say because there is always going to be pressure, particularly with that team, but if you can get that right, um, then it's really important. And so Gilbert Anoka has been critical in that uh, side of things and, and driving a lot of that. And he did a great job, for example, in sharing with the partners and families the sort of pressure the players were going to be un under so they could get a better understanding of how to support them. And um, So no, look, I, I think they did a fantastic job. Um, and then you just got to trust the work that you've done and the, the people around you. And do you, the great thing about the All Blacks, you just do your do your job, um, and you know you got you know quality people around you to, to do theirs. Mm. You've been in, like I said earlier, you've been involved with the game for so long. You've had a number of, number of positions as a conditioning coach, and as a past player. From my experiences, your communication has to be on point with the players for you to get as much of the athletes to get to those high levels that they need to do each and every weekend. Your communication skills must be on point. Like I said, you've been involved with the game for so long. Have you grown in that space too to, you know, the athlete of the 90s has obviously changed from the athlete of today. I'm sure you would have done a lot of growth in your development as a high performance coach as well. Yeah, hugely. I look players and a number of them I talked before who work here or I work with would tell you that I've I've adjusted over time um, and, and part of that is learning your, your trade and having confidence in yourself. I think the biggest thing that I've done is you can't do it alone and you, and you need to take people with you. So it's not just about saying this is what we're doing, let's get on with it. Players now want to know the why. Why are we doing this? And, and I think that's great because you know it, it's not challenging you around, well, should we be doing something else? It's more so they understand the, the benefits of it. Um, and the other thing I think I've done more, uh, it took time, was um, to have players, and not necessarily the senior players, but guys who understand what you're trying to do and use them as a sounding board. So get, getting regular feedback from them. Um, and, uh, and then you, you, you sort of get the pulse of the team, you know, how are we this week? You, you've got ideas in your head. And, and look, a lot of people now, my concern is we often hide behind numbers, you know, we've got all these wellness numbers and GPS and so on. But actually, sometimes you've got to go to the athlete and say, how are you feeling? And look, your sleep was poor here. What's the issue? Oh, look, just had a new baby, um, not sleeping well, something like, you know, there's more to it. Um, and I, I, I think that's what Gilly does superbly well with the All Black guys now is is that time to catch up and connect with them and, and have those conversations. So I think that, that comes back to that care, that you care about them more than just looking at some numbers and making some decisions. Um, and look, along the way, you've got to have challenging conversations. Like I work in a space now, you know, head of high performance across a lot of teams where sometimes you've got to bang the table, you've got to sit down like this one-on-one -on -one and, and give it to people straight. You know, I have to tell people that uh, when we're advertising for coaching roles that they haven't got it or players haven't been selected and, and so you're doing that regularly. It doesn't get any easier. I think you just get smarter around how you, you manage it. Um, so no, a lot of learnings, definitely. Yeah, and I, I believe what I said to your part as well is that you're not afraid to jump in with the players. With the conditioning, with the hard work and the yakka and I, I reckon you build more respect in that sense as well and I was, it's not about me, it's about you Mike, but 
as, as the education and wellbeing manager at the West Tigers, when I participated with the boys, I, I believed I gave more trust in that way too, more so than just being the wellbeing uh, manager. Yeah. I, I think that it goes, hey, you know, I think you, you build more trust and respect, and you're obviously in good shape too. We had a charity match a couple of weeks ago. We both played together for the New Zealand rugby team against the parliamentary team, and we won, by the way. But it was good fun. It's great fun, mate. I'll let you do the hard work. I just ran off your shoulder. <laughs> no, not about that. But uh, it got quite physical there. That, you know, it's, it's, it wasn't our. We don't get paid for this no more. It's, uh, you know, we've got to go to work on Monday. But it was good fun. It was for a good charity for the men's health and to bring awareness with men's health. And it was good fun. Typical Wellington weather. Five degrees, pouring down with rain, and uh, yeah, we got the win. Which and a muddy track, which if it had been dry, I'm sure we would have carved out. Yeah, but you know, good to see you still got your abs too. I, I noticed you take your top off, I was thinking, mate. I only took it off at the end to get changed. <laughs> it wasn't, I, let's be clear, it wasn't out there on the pitch. Um, now nah, look, the, uh, the, the joining in with the players thing is interesting, because early on I was young, and I was a lot younger than a lot of the players, and you're right, it's how do you go and generate respect? And I'm, I'm not saying you necessarily always have to jump in, but you can actually get in and they know that you're working hard with them. Um, and I suppose, given I wasn't m much of a player, uh, it was a way to show that I'm here with you and doing it with you. So they probably told you I was annoying, uh, or would tell you I was bloody annoying and yapping away and encouraging, but um, uh, yeah, being in and part of that. and and. You actually have to get a feel for your own sessions to understand, right? What is what is this like? So when you're talking to people, you, you do have an understanding of it. So, no, I did enjoy that. I've certainly now pulled that right back and uh, very limited. I, I limit myself to a few runs with my son in terms of uh, anything with anyone now, but uh, it's good. Oh, good. And your role as the high performance head of high performance is actually a very important role. You take care, you look over the All Blacks, the under-20s, the schools, uh, programs, sevens, uh, women's now. And yep. we, the, the women's rugby is growing massively. I think it's so positive. It's great to see. And I think with your input and knowledge, I believe that the, the women's game is going to grow even bigger. Uh, can you share with us a little bit about your role? Yeah, sure. So um, I've been in the role maybe five months now in a, in a just because of the timing of it, um, I sort of feel like I've only just got immersed in it because I went away with the 20s to France for world champs and then actually had booked a holiday a long time ago with my wife, uh, so I couldn't ditch that. By, uh, so that got done and, and then now been into it. So I, I suppose my, the way I see my role is about leading our programs and, and developing and, and supporting our people. So. Um, the All Black role with the All Blacks is more around management of our top sort of 50 odd players and the, the integration between Super Rugby and, and All Blacks. Uh, I don't go into the All Blacks program as such now. I've had a lot of time in there, so removed out of there. Um, spending time with the Super Rugby club. So how can we, my team, support uh, their programs? I've just done reviews on the last year's campaign, and then we'll look at because the coaches are contracted to us, two of them. Um, how we support and develop them, how we help the program get better for next year so all our teams are competitive. Um, the Sevens piece, so Tony Phelps, uh, he, he's the high performance manager for Sevens, so just supporting him going in and with having some involvement in Sevens in the past, just being able to go in and talk to the coaches, look at the program and 
again, that management of players in the program already, but also who in 15s game might be able to convert across and, and you know, next Olympics is coming around pretty quick. So what are we looking at around a team there? Uh, women's piece has been excellent. I've, you know, I, I said to you before, I haven't spent any time in all my time um, with, with the women's game. So I had a couple of days last week with Black Ferns, loved it. Great culture um, and doesn't surprise me given how well they've done. You know, they've won World Cups back to back to back and so on um, for a number of uh, tournaments being amateur. So the exciting thing now that they're semi-professional where we can get them to with a, a good development system and pathway and so on. So um, now look, wonderful uh, job I love. I've got a great team who I just, I see my role as supporting them and making sure they've got all they need to be able to do their job. So, um, you know, the development space, we've got our national under 19 tournament in a couple of weeks, which is great. We have 400 players from around the country, the best under 19 players in the country. It's great. So yeah, really lucky and, and the job never gets dull. Um, I'm probably getting more used to wearing gear like this than having the shorts and t-shirt on. I'd rather be in the shorts and t-shirt, but no, look, it's, it's great. So That is great. It's so. a great job, a lot of responsibility, but in saying that, there's a lot of great events coming up, like we mentioned, the World Cup coming up soon, the women's, they have a, a few tournaments coming up as well. I think uh, rugby's looking awesome in New Zealand at the moment, and hopefully the success continues. Before we finish, Mike, can you please share with us the three values and tools that you like to live by, yeah. that you find uh, beneficial for your well-being and also to be the person that you are? Yeah, look, I think the first one, and my wife would laugh at this, but it's probably balance. Um, at the end of the day, it's, it's what, what I'm doing is a job or what players are doing is a job. So you've, you've got to, um, I, I suppose, uh, have time to to decompress and get away from it, whether it be family or other interests or whatever. So I think that that's a critical one. Um, for me, uh, what are the other values? I, look, um, I think being genuine, um, which, you know, you got to, I talked before about, we pull together in team sport a whole lot of different people and, and, and we don't want a whole lot of robots. We want people to be who they are. And I think that's important when what I do and, and people understanding who I am and, and not trying to change to fit a certain way. Um, and part of that is at times having to be vulnerable and showing you're vulnerable in front of people, uh, which gets easier the more you do it. Um, so that, that part to me. Um, and I, I th look, I think the last one um, in my space um, is probably just that uh, trust and respect um, I, you know, you, I, I'm lucky with the people I work with, I trust them to get on and do things. I know they're, they're good at what they do. And I talked before about how I support them and, and I've got a massive amount of respect for what they bring. And, you know, I'm still learning in, in my role. I, I certainly don't think of, you know, as I said to you, I'm new to this um, and you're always learning along the way. So having that growth mindset around, um, you're going to pick up little gems from all over the place and it's just making sure you capture those and see how they fit for you. Uh, so yeah, look, they're, they're the key ones for me uh, as a person. Um, in, our, in our young people coming through, you know, I think the critical parts are, 
you've got to be coachable, which is that you want to learn. You've got to, you know, again, I'll keep saying growth mindset, but you want people who are in and uh, sponges and they're going to absorb and ask questions and so on. And resilience is, is probably the other one. Um, you're going to, in, in high performance sport or in any sport along the way, there's going to be some challenges, whether it be non-selection, injury, whatever. How you respond to those things is, is really critical. Um, not necessarily a believer in that losing is a, the best way to learn because some people in, well, like don't. Just, I don't know about you, but winning feels good too, but you can learn a lot from your losses as well. Yeah, true. So, but you're going to need resilience. Yep. You know, it, it's, it's challenging. And I think we've got to set our people up with, with that, build that resilience because there are going to, it doesn't matter if you're best in the world, along the way there's going to be some, some roadblocks or obstacles and how you deal with those is going to be important. There's a, I've got five awesome values and tools, being genuine, respect, resilience, learning, and one more, did I mention family? Oh, the balance, yeah. Balance, yeah. yes, the family. Those are awesome values and tools to do each and every day. I, I, for me, I think it's important to gratitude as well, each and every day and being grateful for what we do have, more so than what we do not, but those five uh, values and tools are very important and obviously they're working. <laughs> You've been very successful in your field of rugby union and also as a family man as well. Mike, thank you for your time. I really do appreciate it and hopefully we can catch up again in another training match next year. <laughs> <laughs> the, <laughs> boat, the boats are hung up. Good. In fact, I'm throwing them in the pit. <laughs> no, don't, mate. It was, it was good fun. It was really good. It was for a good cause, and it's always good to put on the boots, even though we are both has been. That's okay, mate. Oh, mate, we had you, a crack. We had a crack. You you went a lot further. I, as I said, I knew quality. I just sniff around off you. So it was look great to uh, get out there and have a run around with you. Really enjoyed it. So thanks for good. Nice to be able to share some thoughts with you. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. Cheers. All the best for the rest of the year. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Chats with Fats. You can find the link on www.internalstrength.nz